Hey, Todd and Rob, Swag here. Thought I'd weigh in with my thoughts on the move up. I'm excited for it, and I think it's a good fit of peer institutions, especially since these past few years have made it quite evident that we've outgrown the CAA in many ways. Um, the fun belt to me was more appealing than an invite to Conference USA with Liberty. Basically, that school's kind of gross. So I'm really glad to see that we've ended up where we're at. Um, I also can't wait to talk smack with an old coworker of mine who went to App State. He tripped me the other day and is excited to have us in the conference. I think we'll author- offer um, some healthy competition across the board as we establish ourselves at the next level. Can't wait to play some of these other schools. It's It'll just be fun. I think Jamie is poised and ready to do it. Anyway, keep up the great work. I love the pod. Um, and as always, go Dukes. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Anything new? Nothing. I haven't heard any news, Hugh. No, no. Nothing nothing new going on? No, no. um, I have no idea. So welcome into a very fun, loose, we'll see how this free-flowing edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast goes tonight. Um, We're here to celebrate. Uh, If you're not... We understand. Yeah, your your opinion is valid as well, sort of. Um, <laughs> right? Um, and we will save some of the public. We're going to try something fun tonight. Uh, we've got some uh, really fun guest appearances coming tonight. And we're going to try this. Uh, as you know, we are IT challenged. We are old guys. I'm wearing my readers here. Um, and maybe in a couple of weeks when there's a public announcement, we will have a more public and some fancier version of this. But for tonight, we're going to have fun with our friends and our OGs. Um, Rob, we talked about this. JMU is going to the Sun Belt. They're finally moving up. I've got my uh, Just Move Up button here. I've got my uh, beads on. I have our podcast t-shirt. I think I have a JMU sports blog, FedEx Field, West Virginia koozie for a little oh, that's later. What, that's going to be, what, nine years old at this yeah, point? Yeah, this is a 14 I think I think Gino is starting here. tonight. Yeah, yeah. Did you win that game? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. 2008 App State visor on tonight. Um, we're breaking out the Blantons for this one. Ooh. So, yeah, we're really, yeah, this is, uh, we're going all out. And to do so, I asked Rob earlier this week, I said, let's make this a party. Last Friday or Saturday, we were talking over the weekend mm-hmm. as Jamie was beating Delaware. And I said, what do you want to do? Let's try to have some friends on um, or some, you know, we'll have a parade of guests. And Rob said, the only people we're having on are our, our oldest supporters our oldest friends yes. the people we've met through here and there were only two people that we chose to bring on tonight so we are welcoming a third co-host tonight one of our original probably the first person to ever follow us in the blog days 2009 <laughs> um live from charlotte north carolina our good friend our longtime tailgate neighbor justin partlow welcome justin hey what's going on guys how you doing Oh, we're right. thrilled to have you. <laughs> I feel like we've watched you growing up. You were you were one of the original students who followed us, and now here you are. You know, we're talking about some big life life events going right. on, and you, you're all grown up. <laughs> 18, 18-year-old me, you know, yeah. way back in the day, and here I am, 29. It's yeah. a totally different dynamic now. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> but it's been fun, and, and we talk about this all the time. Like, Todd and I have had a lot of fun doing this. It's definitely helped strengthen our own friendship, but it's, it's helped us branch out and make new friends through the blog and the podcast, and you were definitely one of those guys um 
you know, just another reason why I'm really blessed to be part of this JMU community is getting a chance to meet people like you and kind of bridging the generational gap where we, we were just kind of cranky old men when, when we started. And now you're getting a little closer to cranky old man status yourself. So. <laughs> I, I was joking. It'd be, you know, tired and groggy, Justin, on the, on the, on the, the, the pod tonight. So it's a little yeah. bit different than normal. So yeah, I'm at that phase now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote, I was like, Justin, you want to record at nine? And then I was like, oh, can we do it at eight? And you were like, that's great. <laughs> I was all worried that wasn't going to be great. Oh. So, look, we're going to have fun tonight. We're going to kind of weave back and forth between four downs and looking ahead to Elon and the win over Delaware and some celebration of the fun belt. Fun belt. Yes, welcome to the fun belt. Uh, James Madison here. Uh, and, and we, you know. We'll get to all of that in a second. As always, we are brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Big thanks to Brian and Colby and the whole team down there. It is a great time to get out right now. Rob, there's going to be some water coming in this week, but I'm guessing in the next two or three weeks, this is going to be like ideal time to be out there. Uh, I I know I've seen a lot of people out the last few weeks down in Shenandoah County and expect the same all around the valley. So it's a great time to go by the shop, mention the podcast, you'll get a free sticker, you might get a free coaster uh, from Mossy Creek. I, I'm not actually sure what the thing is. I do know we had a good conversation with them today and we're we're all set for the rest of the season. They were very excited about the move as well. Um, so big thanks to our friends at Mossy Creek. Uh, trying to think where to begin here. We have Justin, we have Rob. I think let's start us out. I'm hoping this is going to um, work for me here. Uh, we've got all our friends. We're starting with the one other person we invited tonight. Um, the only person that can claim to rival Justin is our friend at JMU Swag, uh, who is another 2009 adoptee of the podcast. And I think it's fair to say that she and Mr. Swag have been, um, you know, often more skeptical of a move away from the CAA mm-hmm. than some of our friends. Um, but she started us off tonight with... Uh, she, she has a very recent recent addition to the family, so joining us for the full hour of free-flowing, um, alcohol-flowing podcast was not in, in the cards tonight. No, probably um, not the responsible thing to do. No, but we're going to try to see if you guys can, uh, can hear this one. Hey, Todd and Rob, Swag here. Thought I'd weigh in with my thoughts on the move up. I'm excited for it, and I think it's a good fit of peer institutions, especially since these past few years have made it quite evident that we've outgrown the CAA in many ways. Um, The fun belt to me was more appealing than an invite to Conference U. We'll fix that later. Hey, Todd and Rob, swag here. (laughs) Thought I'd weigh in with my thoughts on the move up. I'm excited for it, and I think it's a good fit of peer institutions, especially since these past few years have made it quite evident that we've outgrown the CAA in many ways. <sighs> All right, off to a good start. Conference USA with Liberty. Basically, that school's kind of gross. So I'm really glad to see that we've ended up where we're at. Um, I also can't wait to talk smack with an old coworker of mine who went to App State. He chirped me the other day and is excited to have us in the conference. I think. Because of course, push ourselves at the next level. Can't wait to play some of these other schools. It's it'll just be fun. I think Jamie is poised and ready to do it. Anyway, keep up the great work. I love the pod. Um, and as always, go Dukes. Perfect. The best part about that was we were getting new messages popping in as 
that's what was breaking us up. Oh, is that so what was going? We, maybe we'll do this blind at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might need to. So, but I mean, I don't know who wants to take it from there, but that's pretty much the best broad overview of how we feel about this, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's sad to say, but I think the, the piece that I keyed in on mm-hmm. is how Jamie was outgrown the CIA. It's just no longer that competitive or that compelling. You saw the Richmond game where, you know, that that used to be sold out, um, mostly JMU fans, but a lot of Richmond fans. Richmond fans don't even care. They jack up the prices and just try to make money off JMU fans. Um, There's just not that much excitement. Delaware over the weekend, it was their homecoming. I understand there was some weather and yada, 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 but it's just JMU has, I don't want to say it's better than the rest of the CA. It has different intentions for its athletic program and it has a different level of support and it's just no longer that compelling to be a part like i understand everything that we could be giving up in terms of the playoffs i've long been a fan of the playoffs and um i've I've long conceded that bowl games are not that exciting but for me it's not about bowl games it's week in week out can you play against other schools can you have you know people at work like like swag said chirping you and talking to you about it can you get amped up for saturday and get amped up about potentially winning a conference bowl game who cares if i got to give up the playoffs to have you know 12 weeks of compelling football on saturdays that's a trade i'll make you know any day of the week and twice on saturday so that, that's for me that's kind of where it comes down to what Just about you guys you enjoy that little dig at liberty there too <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I think Rob makes like the, the right point. And maybe it's a part of me getting older. Maybe it's a part of me moving out of D.C. to Charlotte. But mm-hmm. being in Charlotte the past you know two to three years and seeing the App State run, seeing University, UNC Charlotte become a yeah. bigger school in football and yeah. seeing like how it's it's more than just the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it. It's, it's tougher to drive five hours from Charlotte to Harrisonburg for a weekend. Um, and is it as fun to watch a game that maybe is not as compelling? It's it's cool to see everybody. And, you know, Todd, we were joking, like, it's seeing all of our tailgate group every weekend is awesome. But it, it was time. It, it made the most sense. And am I selfishly excited about going, you know, an hour north to Boone or three hours east to Coastal? Uh, mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hating that at all. That's, that <laughs> right. makes road trips a lot more fun to go on. Um, but it, it was time. And it just, it, it really, like, that's the best way to put it. We've outgrown the CAA. Um, and it, 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 there was no, there was no reason left at this point. There wasn't like it was unfinished business or things like that. It was, we've accomplished what we had to. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's time to make that move to like-minded institutions. Absolutely. Absolutely, Justin. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and that was the biggest point of it. And you're right. The, the rivalry part. I mean, for me, Rob, I said, what, a month or two ago, we were talking about this when it was really kind of getting ramped up. We never dreamed we'll get to the way everything has actually broken, I think was more than we could have possibly hoped for. But um, I said, all I want to do is play App State and Marshall. If there Mm -hmm. was ever a way I could play the two of those schools. And it felt like at the time there wasn't a way. Like they were in different conferences and this wasn't going to happen. And you know, then you add Old Dominion to that. But it is, it's just incredible. Uh, 13 of the last 36 1AA national champions will be in the Sunbelt East when this is said and done. I mean, that, I just know one thing. I know when when JMU is four and three in a given year, but they've got App or Georgia Southern coming to town, I'm still going to be excited to go to that game. 
Yeah, I am too. You know what I mean? Like I, that still like matters to me. Well, that's you the thing. Like, you're still going to have single victories that stand out. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, we say we get excited, old time fans like us, you get excited over, you know, William and Mary or, or beating Delaware, but it's not the same thing when it's become routine now. Um, even in a bad year, you have the opportunity to knock off, you know, maybe a top 25 program in conference, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I'm not as concerned, like I said, about the ball games or I don't care. People are like, oh, you're never going to compete for a national championship. Well, to that, I say, no, you might. I mean, mm-hmm. there is the opportunity to sneak in with the playoff expansion, but can you have that that really memorable Saturday in an otherwise forgettable year? You can do that in the Sun Belt, and that mm-hmm. that I don't think we should discount. I also think there's a there's an underrated aspect that we haven't really thought about, which is the overall scheduling changes, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like your 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 conference games, but who's to say it again? Like I'm using the example here, like a. Uh, a Saturday afternoon in September of UNC Charlotte JMU. You have mm-hmm. an AAC school and, an S- and a Sun Belt school. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mm-hmm. your FBS games are a lot more open at that point then versus we can't play you because we're worried about losing to the FCS school, yeah. right? So I think that changes a lot of things too, and it, it continues to build excitement for an alumni base. You know, I, I'm I'm getting an older guy myself, but like <laughs> it's a relatively young alumni base, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a growing young alumni base. What's going to drive more alumni engagement? Mm-hmm. Better, yeah. like better overall games and schedules. It's just it's a nature of of college football. And, and, and if I there's think, an exciting game, I'll be there. You know, like, yeah. it's a totally different dynamic. And Justin, it was interesting earlier. You said you know since moving to Charlotte, your perspective has changed. And I know I, I spent a few years in Atlanta. Todd, you spent a few years in Carolina. JMU has a passionate fan base. It's not the same as being in the South. South, like you really. Uh, uh, develop an appreciation for college football and for college football Saturdays. And it was exciting. It has been exciting to see JMU be a part of that on some level, but it's not at an equal level. And I know people are still going to nitpick and say, oh, it's still just G5. But you become part of the conversation and you become a little bit more a part of the college football culture. This is not to knock FCS. I've loved being a part of FCS. It's been fun, but it's just time. And I think people, if you haven't really immersed yourself in college football and a lot of the JMU students and alums probably coming from the North or mm-hmm. from Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia is not, you know, Virginia, Virginia. It is not college football town. <laughs> I think you have a little bit more of it in Richmond and a little bit more in, in 757. But if you really go down South where these other schools are, college football Saturdays are a, just, it, it's part of the fabric of the community. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really yeah. cool that we have the opportunity to get a little more involved in that way. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, like the greatest example was, and Todd knows this, I didn't go to the home opener because I was in Charlotte for Georgia Clemson. Yeah. And I, I hate to out loud, but like no. that was a huge weekend here. And that's that Thursday night was App State East Carolina. And that drew 40 plus thousand yeah. people, yeah. you know, and like just seeing that it's just a different dynamic that, you know, you just don't understand until you actually see it in person. And that changes mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. You know, 40,000 is one thing, but 40,000 plus is a totally different dynamic. Correct. And Justin, I've told Todd this many times. When I first moved to Atlanta, my attitude was anybody asks me to do anything socially, I'm going to say yes. You know, I got to make friends and everything. And so these guys are like, hey, do you want to get together this weekend and watch football? We're going to go to this bar. And I was like, great. What time are we meeting on Sunday? And they looked at me and they go, Sunday? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's all day Saturday. 
And I was like, oh, college. And I was like, okay, you know, like I'll, I'll give that a shot. You know, but for me, like growing up in Northern Virginia, we watched a lot of college football, but it was more just like you watch whatever game Keith Jackson is calling or, you know, the big game of the week, but nobody had a team. None of my friends' dads went to big, I guess we had one guy that went, to, his dad went to Notre Dame, but everybody else went to schools up in the Northeast where it just wasn't part of, of our normal everyday life. It was, you wait for the NFC East game on Sunday afternoon, college football you do to pass the time. And it's the complete opposite times about 20 when you get in these big college football communities. Oh, for sure. And, and, and Justin, I, the funny thing will be right. I mean, you've, you've got some Georgia allegiances at this point, Rob's got some LSU allegiances, right. I hang on to some of my West Virginia stuff, but we, um, you know, if JMU were hosting Miami, the way that app state was yep. in week one, you would have had a much tougher call on what game to attend, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Like, in fact, and that, it wouldn't and, have been and, a tough call, really. It would have been like, we're yeah. there, right? Sign me abs- up. Yeah. Absolutely that. And I, I think that's part of it, too. The schedule played into it. Yeah. Uh, and, Old and Dominion had again, Virginia Tech in their stadium you know, last year or two years ago. UVA is yeah. going to Coastal Carolina in two years. Yeah. These things kind of speak for themselves, you know. Right. You know, those are games we're not going to miss. And we're not going to have to drive to Louisville to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to go to JMU. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, right. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. So yeah. look, let's move. Let's, let's, okay. Let's transition here and let's do at least one down of our first four downs from the Delaware game. The Dukes did beat the blue hens over the weekend, 22 to 10. It was a, it was a game. There were 30 yeah. minutes of football played in the first half, as Rob yes. said at one point. Um, that said, I have some real positives to take away from this game, and I'm kind of interested to hear, Rob, at least, what would your first down point from this game have been? I guess I, I was as frustrated in the moment as anybody else, but a common refrain that we got on Twitter is, this survive and advance stuff only counts in the playoffs, not in the regular season. And I 100% reject that notion. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I think that's just flat out stupid. You know, you play to win the game and everybody says like, just because you're squeaking by, it, there's no style points or any of that. Like they're winning tough, ugly games. Um, this was ugly. The, the red zone struggles are a real thing. The settling for field goals is, is frustrating. The, the fact that, but it's not that different from last year. You know, last year they had the breakout game against William Mary, but for the most part, we were pretty much disappointed and didn't, and then it's like, against VMI in the playoffs, they kind of got it going and then turn the corner and you're like, wow, this is a good team. Like, I think we just need to accept the fact that this is Signetti ball. They're not going to be a high flying part in the end zone type of type of program. They're not going to be one of these like, you know, super let's get hyped up from a big speech and go out and blow the doors off. They're just going to grind out wins. And I, I don't think, I, I don't think we appreciate that enough. If there's a lot we can <laughs> we can point out that we weren't happy about, but were you ever really were, even when they were down 10, nine and a half, I was like, Jamie's going to win this game. The defense had any control. Um, I, I do think there's some level of game planning that goes into it when they know like, okay, we don't need to score 40. We're playing another backup quarterback. We just need to wait out and eventually things are going to pop and we're going to take the points. When we get the points and we're not, we're going to ignore Jamie Twitter and not worry about, you know, not picking up touchdowns and we're just <laughs> going to grind it out and we're going to win by, you know, two scores. And that's what they do. I mean, they had to slip up against Villanova, but um, we can talk about the offensive struggles. And I actually thought the offensive line oddly got better after Timming went out. Yep. Um, I I think that there's 
they're closer they're closer to really turning the corner than fans realize. And I think we saw bursts like that in the third and fourth quarter. Um, I think a little bit of the offensive line struggles are compounded by the fact that Cole, while being good, has a very slow release. And I think sometimes it's that extra half second, quarter second that, you know what, that's not on the offensive line. You need to do something. It is what it is. Cole's got a lot of talent. We've shown that when he at a high level, you know, when he's playing his best, he's very good. They got to scheme him up. You got to get ways to get, you know, quick patterns where he can get rid of the ball quickly, where it can make up for a little bit of his long windup and slower release. But I, I think this team is knocking on the door of really turning the corner. And and people might think I'm crazy, but you saw when Timming went out, it could have just been like the adrenaline, but they started to open up holes. They had their first successful runs, you know, in between the tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Fernando coming back. So this team is not in dire straits like a lot of fans think it is. There are things to improve for sure, but it's very obvious what needs to improve. It's not everybody scratching their head going, I don't know what's going on. Well, we need to block better and we need to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Defense is playing great. Like, so I, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm fully on board. Survive in advance counts. They're winning. That's what matters. Let's keep moving on. And this team has plenty of time to get better and another opportunity to do that this weekend. Yeah, I think that's right. And I actually at halftime was kind of laughing because I was wondering, I thought we might finally find out the answer to what is better, an all field goal offense or an all pass interference offense that Delaware was was running the all PI offense, which is the, uh, I think that's the the Harbaugh Michigan special right there. That's really their goal in life is just to win a game three, nothing with all pass interference penalties. And um, yeah, still struggling there. But Delaware, I think had like, under 20 yards in the second half? Yeah. I, I don't know. They may have picked up a few in the last, like, five minutes when it wasn't really in doubt. They had but 109 yards for the game. Yeah, but, like, let's not – like, I, I, I'm i going to pick nits about the offense in a little while, but I agree with you, Rob. Defense was really good this week. Yeah. They were playing a backup quarterback and that kind of stuff. They gave up the one big play. They had the pass interference calls. Um I think we're going to continue having some pass interference calls and that one big play. Um, that's not something we can get around given the personnel right now. But, but if that's all you give up. But if that's all you give up, and they were in the backfield a lot this week. They were. I mean, they were making plays. And that doesn't matter whether you have a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback. The pressure that we saw this weekend was that was you know yeah. something you can reproduce and that's something that would affect anyone. Yeah, I thought the defense was outstanding. And then – I mean, good night. That special teams was really good this weekend. Yeah. And obviously led by Racky. I mean, he made two 47-yarders and a 42-yarder among yeah. his five-for-five five performance. Yeah. That's... What about the onside recovery? Oh, yeah. They recovered an onside kick, huge. which they always get fooled by. Yeah. Right? Um, Schroba was pretty good. O'Kelly was really good. You mm-hmm. know, puts. I mean, they've won the field position game all game yeah. thanks to those guys. Um, and, and just in general. I mean, I think Ratke in those conditions with that weather on – Coming off the couple weeks he's been up and down, it uh, just special teams and defense, you can win a championship with that as you long can. as the offense doesn't turn the ball over and doesn't make an ass of themselves, <laughs> right? And I, I'm with you, Rob. I think, you know, I, this is weird. I, Signetti said today in the press conference that Fornadel is really close to coming back and might be back this week. I'm actually a little bit like... Uh, like, you know, like yeah. the longer, if, if it matters to, if, if there's any chance of him healing more, I'm okay with waiting, but yeah. And, and that's no knock by the way, Rob, I agree with you. I thought the offensive line produced better in the third and fourth quarter after mm-hmm. the Timming injury. 
that's not a knock on timing at all. No, it's been so fantastic for this team. At I center. think it's adrenaline and guys just I realizing I think they got the younger up. guys. Yeah. Then you end up with four freshmen in the starting offensive line. And I think they really like, are like, Oh gosh, we've got to do this on our own yeah. now. Um, you know, so yeah, hopefully if they get Fornado back, that will help a lot. Uh, I, I thought it was great to see a couple other receivers this weekend. We saw Bracey a little more mm-hmm. involved. Um, you know, everyone and I did I was kind of happy Rob after halftime I know what was it 10-9 at the half the Dukes were trailing they gave them no points and almost no yards in the second half and the offense did adjust a little bit the announcers Mm -hmm. for as homerish as they were from Delaware and we'll get to that with our next voicemail um for as homerish as they were they were not wrong about like teams are figuring JMU out they're just dropping back in a zone and daring you know put sending everybody stop the run and daring Cole to beat them and, and they did a few things after the half. You know, that little play to Wells on the sideline that's, like, in the hole in the zone. Mm-hmm. The, like, little 15-yard throw. Like, there yeah. was an adjustment there that I was really pleased with. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those, like, we're going to use Bracey across the middle instead of Thornton. Or yeah. there were a few things there that seemed to be coming around. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. You guys, on that note, <laughs> we'll see if we can do this better. I don't think we're going to have any interruptions this time. So... <laughs> We get, we got another one from our friend, Matt. Best thing about this is the fact that we, instead of when we play a power five school or a ranked opponent, instead of it being, Oh, well, let's ignore that because they're playing cupcake week, even though we were a, we are a strong FCS team capable of pulling off the upsets. We actually might get a mention of, Hey, that's a strong group of five team that uh, could be either a good resume item or could pull off the good upset. The other really great underrated thing about this is I could have handled keeping flow sports as long as when we played on the road, it didn't feel like I was watching a high school team put together a broadcast and have cameras, have like three cameras only where you didn't even wipe the rain off of. So just actually being able to have quality television, quality production value in when I watch their games is going to be phenomenal so yeah rob made the point in the second half this week that it was an interesting um production decision to mic up a karen um, yeah it was at the Delaware game Um, that may have been a jmu karen i'm not actually sure i was confused what she was screaming but yeah just as much as everybody gripes about flow um the bigger problem is the other schools haven't invested in quality broadcasts. Like it's mm-hmm. flow has issues carrying the stream. I've actually, people are going to yeah. kill me. Uh, I've no. actually kind of enjoyed having flow this year. They've improved it. I like the fact that I can watch it on my phone. Um, it's very good in terms of casting. Like it's flow is fine. It's the garbage in garbage out. You get these crap broadcasts from other CA schools. Delaware is probably going to be the best one we'll see all year too. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, um, no. It's that's a good point. I mean, I think everything about the experience raises up a level when you go FBS. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, for me, the ESPN factor, just, you know, having the Sun Belt be an ESPN property. You know, yes, last week there were games on Wednesday and Thursday. Both of those games were very good. The Thursday game produced a field storming at App State, which I yeah. would be glad to have <laughs> again in my life. Right. Like, um, and you guys know, I, I mean, Thursday yeah. games. That, that's kind of, in addition to Mike Vick, I would say Thursday games made Virginia Tech Virginia Tech. 
Yeah, that was their big thing. They yep. they were known for having just great atmosphere, big crowds. Let's go, and they played their big games, a lot of epic games. Virginia Tech and Miami. So it's not the end of the world. I mean, I don't want to be doing Tuesdays in November in the rain or anything, but one or two a year, if you can get that on national television, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, and being able to explain to my father how to watch the game, yeah, is going to be really nice. Like, <laughs> like putting on eight fifty. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Here's the channel, or like, I think he could actually handle like ESPN three. Like that's Mm -hmm. he can get to ESPN three, I think. But when I start getting to the pluses and the flow football and all that, like that's it's not happening, right? Like, Like he, like it's just not. He'll follow along on his phone with text updates or whatever. Like, you know, he just gives up. And to be like, hey, Thursday night, it's on five seventy four. Yep whatever channel it's on, you know, ESPN two, you know, that's going to be really nice for casual fans. So I, I thank you, Matt, for the voicemail and, and I'm really happy to hear that. Justin, did you have a second down thought from the weekend um, over the win over Delaware here? Well, first off, thanks for putting up with my text, my rapid fire texting Saturday during that game. Cause I was getting frustrated <laughs> in that first half. <laughs> I think, I think the one on the one thing I talk about is Kelvin and Diamante. Like, Mm-hmm. The two of them uh, Saturday were just out of their minds. Great. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they do a great job with that, that up the middle blitz. One of the two of them comes pretty much untouched. Most of the time they time it well, but they were just everywhere. Run plays, pass plays. I mean, they just were in control and that was the JMU defense that I expected to see. Like not what we saw against Villanova where they were missing gaps, missing fits. Things were kind of, they were breaking yep. longer plays. Like they were just playing, like they were just doing their job and they were really good at it. And the defensive line was keeping them clean. And that was a big factor mm-hmm. in it too. Um, it was just impressive to watch uh, overall. They were yeah, doing against the point. run and the pass too. Like they, they were in the yeah. right spots. They were making the right plays. I thought the tackling was better for the most part. There was that one, the touchdown drive, they had a couple missed tackles and everything. That's just one of those getting put up with. But overall, I thought this was the best defensive performance. Yeah, this they were great. I kept thinking there were five at one point in the second half. I think they actually did run some 52 packages mm-hmm. where they had five D linemen and then yeah. those two guys behind them. But a lot of times they were just had their normal four and one of them was walked up and it really felt that way. I mean, it felt like they were running a five man front. I don't know. It, it felt like Heatherman found his groove again this weekend, like whatever they were doing in the second half. I mean, there was really nothing that Delaware they gave up less than a yard per carry rushing. Yeah, 0.8 yards. Yeah. And that was after they broke off like a 15 or 16 yarder on the first offensive play of the game. You're like, uh oh, this can be one of those days. And then they just clamped down. Yeah, it was good. Let's let's also not let's also not under underestimate MJ Hampton really being mm -hmm. his first like full game starting really in there. I mean, that's another weapon on defense that you that you haven't had all year. Uh, he's just a playmaker and it's purest sense and like yeah. having him there i think raises the defense even up more just because of what he can provide um just having that ability to, to you know rotate guys in and out is a huge factor that's why they've been so successful and it's kind of where they hit that lull the past couple of weeks but now they kind of got everybody was healthy again they're back out there yeah you could see it was a totally different dynamic last week yeah. yeah it's a very good point all right we got a good one coming in guys we got uh our buddy ben who's uh been responsible for a lot of our the shirt I have on all this other yeah probably the the more professional looking things we've ever done 
to, not that we've ever done many of those, but th those are mostly Ben. So here we go. You know, I think my uh, favorite part is that after all the hand wringing about when this was going to happen and why it hadn't happened yet, that the JMU administration really played their best hand and ended up in what's being regarded as, you know, maybe the best G5 conference. We didn't have to take a second best offer or bounce around from conference to conference to get there. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, also over the last several years being where we are, I think we've, you know, done the best we could national championship, um, visits to the championship that we didn't win two times college game day, that kind of stuff. Um, I also really hope that moving up to, uh, you know, what a lot of people view as real football can turn on some more people in the region and, you know, the alumni base outside of the region into JMU football fans. Thanks guys. Yeah. I, I mean, those are some of my, can you guys, could you guys hear that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I mean, those are all some of the highlights of this, right? I, I hadn't even thought Ben always thinks about, I, I don't know. He's such a local, you know, Lou Ray Harrisonburg guy. Like he's always more conscious of like the non JMU alum than I am. Yeah. Or than we tend to be right. We're just, we are our friends that go to games and our friends that we hang out with from JMU. And Ben's always been surrounded by people who don't have like a particular connection to JMU. And I do, like you mentioned, Rob, about Virginia Tech playing all those Thursday night games, the whole state. I mean, apologies to UVA, but this is a Virginia Tech state when it comes to college football. Yeah. And it all goes back to those mid 90s, late 90s, early 2000s Virginia Tech teams. And, you know. The, the, the lot like we make fun of them for having Walmart fans, but don't get me wrong, I would welcome some Walmart fans. We're jealous, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like, like, let's I mean, it's it's yeah, it's great when you've got fans who have no official affiliation in terms of alumni status or or family members who are just fans of your football program. That's really the difference maker. Like that is a tough bar to clear, and Jamie doesn't have a lot of that now, um, and a lot of that is due to the FCS label. You know, people can, oh, well, it's not, you know, I can go another two hours south and Virginia Tech plays big boy football or go down, you know, 64 East and big boy football. Well, that's kind of gone. And now people can kind of, I don't want to say like come out of the closet, but like shed their skin, not be afraid of it. Like, you know what? I can be proud to be a, a fan of this program. And um, that's a big difference. And that's the difference between selling out Bridgeforth week in, week out. And not like when, when you've got those four and three years, like you talked about, Todd, if you've got a consistent number of fans who are coming in with no affiliation, they just have pride in, in the Valley or mm -hmm. just in the region. That's a big difference. So um, that's a, that's a great point that Ben made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Justin, you know, this, all your neighbors in Charlotte, like they're not necessarily alums of Clemson, but they're Clemson yeah. fans mm -hmm. or South Carolina fans yeah. or Georgia fans or Tennessee fans, right? You know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, no. it's absolutely that. I, I, I joke, you know, in our alleyway, I have a, a Notre Dame flag behind here. We have, you yeah. know, Georgia flags. I've seen South Carolina flags. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a very different dynamic. Even if you have, you know, I have not gone to Georgia, you know, but my wife did and I support Georgia because mm -hmm. of that. You know, I jumped yeah. on that. Um, you know, it's, and it's all across the board. I mean, I've, there's people I walk by and they're like, I have no tie to X university, but I'm going to this game because it's that game yeah, or, right. you know, I'm here to watch this game because of that reason. You know, and that, that's the, the, the totally different thing that, that I haven't noticed until moving out of DC. Cause in DC it's Virginia tech, 
UVA or Penn State, Maryland, Penn Maryland. State. Yeah, like, yeah. But Maryland was more for basketball. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, most it's, people in DC are kind of ag- agnostic and kind of will tune in. They'll, they'll pick between Virginia Tech and UVA, but they're not fans of either one. And then they'll kind of follow their own alma mater. But a lot of people in DC are from right. schools in the Northeast where it's not a big deal. Um, what was interesting to me living in Atlanta, when I had friends who were like diehard Auburn fans, and you're like, oh, what should you graduate? And they're like, I didn't go to Auburn. I went to Swanee or, you know, like, uh, right, or, right. Uh, you know, or yeah. the, the Vandy or something like that. Like you just have people who grew up being a fan of a college football team because that was the biggest game in town. Um, mm-hmm. That's something well, you don't see in FCS. And I'm looking for it. I mean, so my nephew, who's 11, just turned 11 last week, is he's a JMU fan. Yeah. Like, because we hang out, like his, you know, my brother went to William & Mary, his mom went to UVA, and they're very big UVA basketball fans, but mm-hmm. he wears his JMU football jersey. He's, you know, that's his Uncle Todd's thing, yeah. you know, and he's proud of that. And he doesn't know any different. Like, he hasn't known any different. And I think there's a lot of those kids, even kids that are, like you said, Justin, at the beginning, that App State ECU game, that's a real game in Charlotte yeah. for a lot of people. Those are, I mean, those are people that grew up rooting for those schools. There's Georgia Southern fans that, you know, went through multiple national championship teams with Georgia, who consider their Adrian Peterson the real Adrian Peterson. Yeah, right? like you know, I mean, that kind of thing. That's a totally different world. And but there's I'm also like, just kids that are generally sports fans. Like James, mm-hmm. when I told him James was moving up, he's like, "Oh, to what?" And he was like, "What, like CUSA or something?" I said, "The Sun Belt." And he goes, "What?" He's like with App State and Coastal, he's like, that's a good league. You know, like, he knows because because he gets up every morning and watches Sports Center, and those schools are on Sports Center. You know, mm-hmm. like it's um, – the other thing Ben talked about is how it really worked out well with the Jamie administration. They play their cards right. Yeah. Some of that they did. <laughs> Some of that is just – I mean, you're just blessed. You could not have had a more perfect scenario emerge than to have Marshall and ODU come over Jamie, you jump in there. You're getting it. It's kind of the mythical East Coast conference that everybody's been talking about for years. And I was like, that's never going to happen because you've got, you know, it's spanning two different leagues and they both have their pros and cons. Um, the unfortunate reality is Conference USA is in, is in a bad, bad way right now. But given everything that's happened, like you look at ODU having made the jump when JMU was in consideration for a move. I'm glad they didn't do it and I'm glad it's working out now. And I I just, I, I feel kind of blessed. I know that's kind of like cheesy, but it's it could, incredible. It could, yeah. It's incredible. The fact that, you know, we've got yeah. one national championship, two trips to the national championship, two college game days. And now we're jumping into a situation where we're going to be competing with like-minded schools, with fan bases, with similar passion. I really, I can't imagine it working out any better than it has. No, I mean, I wouldn't trade. There's no doubt. I mean, if you ask any ODU fan and they're being honest, other than the win over Tech, which JMU also had, by the way. Like, <laughs> um, you know, there's no way they wouldn't trade if they if you told them ten years ago you could move to CUSA now or you could stay in one AA and do what JMU is about to do, and then go to the best Group of Five league. Yeah, like there's no way we. How fortunate has this been? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to to the administration at JMU. I, I really do. I don't think moving to CUSA ten years ago was the right call. Um, they got incredibly lucky that it worked out the way it did now. Yeah. There's no doubt, right? The Oklahoma, Texas thing trickling all the way down to this is hard to believe. It's also unbelievable that JMU last week went from like, 
I think I heard Bennett talk about this. I well, I don't know what day it was last week, Rob, but there was a day where there were two hours when it looked like we were going to be left out again. Yeah. And I was just despondent. And then all of a sudden the news started trickling out that this is what's going to happen. And Jamie was the key cog. And Jamie like, held all the cards. Yeah. Like they were either going to drive a nail in the coffin of CUSA or. Which is like, the only bad part about this. I do not take any pleasure. No, I don't take any delight in seeing another, in another group of, of, of fan Five bases league. really get crushed. Yeah. But it was funny that at the end of the day, JMU seemed to hold the power over like ODU, Liberty, you know, everyone else. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's really, it, it, it's hard to believe. <laughs> it, it, it was Thursday also, because I yeah. think I went into like that, like complete roller coaster of like, yes. I don't want to talk. So like everything I was sending was in all caps. Like, is this really happening right now? Like, it was like a complete roller coaster of just what could happen in that day. Yeah. That's why we're here celebrating everybody. Um, crack your can. Enjoy it tonight. Um, you know, we'll have a public celebration when all the real eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. But those of us that have been around for a while, we're kind of enjoying this tonight. Um, we'll go back to third down before we go to the, un- I have not previewed the other messages, so I'm a little concerned, but we'll oh. see. Um, I trust most of the senders so far. I, we do know them. Uh, so we'll see. Um, look, Racky was great. Defense was great. Line played better at the end. I do think Jamie's got to figure out. I mean, they got to do, they got to be somewhat more creative. I, I know it's like easy to like, this is easy pickings to like, you know, everybody wants to yell about play calling and quarterback play. But both of those were a little... A little tough. They need, they need to improve. They need they to do. improve. And this idea that we're just going to keep running the full, you know, the dive, the RPO dive up the middle over and over and over again on first yeah. down. I mean, it's one thing if you get five yards, that's great. But if you get one yard consistently, that's not good. Yeah. And, you know, it felt very like, I don't know, Jim Zorn era Washington football team, like run, run, pass, punt. You know, it felt bizarre. stubborn. It felt yes, just it felt stubborn. really stubborn at one yeah. point. And uh, that just isn't – that's not good for Cole. Now, I don't know. I wish we had some kind of a – you know, here we go, production value. I mean, rarely do we have an all-22. I would love to hear what the coaches are seeing in film, on film, yeah. right, about the offense. Because there's a part of me that wants to be like, ah, Cole's throwing it to a covered guy or maybe there's somebody else open. But I don't know. You know, I really you can't don't tell from a television. No, broadcast. it's hard. And, and in yeah. some ways I'm glad that Cole, you know, he has more confidence this year than he's ever had in terms of like, he's giving his receivers a chance. He's mm-hmm. cutting it loose sometimes. Yeah. Um, I did think there were a couple plays in the first half where a part of me was like, I'd really like to see a receiver step up and make a play. There was a, well, there was one, a Delaware yeah. receiver made a play at one point where I was like, Hmm, I, I could use that, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just think they need to get out of that rut of and the same thing on fourth down the one fourth down that we got stopped on early like of course we're running the dive we always run the dive on fourth down and it was funny because of course in the second half the one touchdown we scored finally was was two plays in a row where cole kept the ball right one where he was flushed and made a play himself and then the next play he keeps it on the on the option for the first time all game and goes untouched so i you know, the giraffe was loose. <laughs> I, I think you make a great, you're going to make a great point, Todd. Cause a couple of times I, I thought like he should have kept that on the RPO. I kept mm-hmm. like in my head going like, did he have it? But again, cause I, I'm looking at, you know, my own TV versus like a wide camera. Yeah, view. I don't know. You know, I've looked in my mind, I'm like, Oh, he should have run, but maybe it was different. Like 
And that's the hard part. But there, there has to be some like there's they do a little bit more. But mm-hmm. part of me wonders they just said, let's get through this grind and just like grind it out and then reset. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me wonders that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, so hard to tell on television because you really only see like the immediate line and maybe one linebacker. You don't know what he's reading. You don't know what's the right read or wrong read. But um, I just think like there's this team has obvious strengths and more than that, they've got obvious weaknesses. It's give it up. You know, like, you know, I, I admire them for being determined to try to establish the inside running game, but it's just not happening. So like maybe you try it a couple times, but to do it, you know, 10, 11 times in the first half, run up the middle, like it's just not happening. Um, but well, they'll get there. They'll adjust 20, eventually. 22 to 10, no points in the second half, 16 yep. yards. Pretty good day, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they're coming home for three of the last four. Um, yeah. And, and we'll be looking ahead here soon. All right. We'll go with uh, Pim here. Hey, guys. Pim Yager here. The thing that I'm looking forward to celebrating out of all of this is the fact that I'll never again have to explain to uneducated fans that JMU football is already Division One. <laughs> uh, I know I'm not the only one, so cheers to that. Can't wait to uh, get ready for some fun belt action. Take care, guys. I, I think that that is a valid point. And a lot of the people do, whether they admit or not, have a little bit of chip on their shoulder about Jamie. They are a little like Jamie fans can be a touchy bunch. And I think there, there's, you know, many times you're talking about the game. Maybe you got one person in the office who knows what's going on and says something, but it does sometimes get on your last nerve when you need to kind of like defend your own favorite team. Yeah. Um, and, and you want to be loyal and we've all been proud fans, but it will be nice not to need to do that dance and go, Oh, well you see that they're not at the top level, but it's this level and there's playoffs and they're really good. And, Oh, we've been on game day. It'll just be like, Hey, now we're, we're playing coastal on Saturday. Perhaps you'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of this will still, Right. Oh, yeah. They're not in the ACC, the SEC, no. right? And I'm sure that Troy fans go through this from time to time, you know, having to, you know, justify their existence on some level, right? Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, and Rob, I, I'm for us in particular, this week has been very interesting. Uh, someday we're going to have like a little bit of time, maybe. We probably won't. But knowing us, we, we won't find we the won't. time for this. Yeah. But, uh, it's been funny. We've been hunting Justin for like, you know, we've just developed this great CAA community over the years and we're going to miss them. We, we are going to miss a few of them. Maybe not Some of them all of them yeah. all the time, but, but yeah. we're going to miss our William and Mary friends a lot. Um, and, yeah. and some of the guys Hofstra, that we've, uh, Hofstra, yeah. yeah. Some of the guys that we've really, uh, you know, UNC Wilmington spent some time with and, and really had a lot of fun with over the years. And we've been looking for those. We found a, a Southern Miss guy and a Marshall guy this week that have both been like really funny to interact with. I think some of the Louisiana people have been funny to interact with uh, Lafayette, you know? Yeah. It's going to take us a while to figure that out, Rob. I, I don't know. And I but think like, our fan base is also going to have to get used to like, we've been the big dog for a long time, yes. right? Like we've been able to just like crush, like if some Northeastern guy says something stupid, we've just been able to like, sick the dogs on them purely hypothetical there purely yeah, really, hypothetical. right but but if we you know now we're in a weird place where you know people are going to clap I, back 
Yeah, like I don't know if we yeah. want to pull that stuff with Arkansas no. State all the time or Georgia Southern. You know, there's a lot of people that might show up in your mentions from that. Um, there's there's a humbling that our fan base might need in a little bit. Like, <laughs> well, and we're great, but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna everyone loves us now. Like the Marshall guy was like, "Can we be friends?" Yeah. And I was like, "You're gonna love us now, and then you're gonna hate our guys." But everybody in the like, CAA hates us. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. We're, the, we're the Yankees of, of the CAA. You know, yeah, everybody and we're going to have to get us. used to not being the Yankees, right? We're, yeah. we're going to be the, the Blue Jays or the Orioles for a couple years, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in here. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But, you know, we're going to have to take our lumps. By the way, yeah. that's another point. We'll see what everybody else says here. But how great – I don't know if you guys – you got, I know I'm the one who cares the most about this. But there are some other things about the Sun Belt. There are definitely some negatives. I, I, I can't, I, I, I mean, I can't overlook them, right? We're going to have to put field hockey and lacrosse and swimming in other conferences. Some of those conferences may be fine for JMU. But there are some really great things about the Sun Belt, too. And yeah. you guys probably saw this. One of the things that was holding up some of the announcements was the Sun Belt is going to now sponsor men's soccer for the yeah. first time. So Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and App State all play men's soccer, but they have been playing as affiliate members in other leagues. You need six members. Now you're adding ODU, Marshall, and JMU, Marshall being the defending national champions into the Sun Belt. Like so, That's immediately that's a, a that's strong a men's soccer league with a lot of potential for future growth among any Southern soccer-playing schools that might want to come on board that, Right. Um, and then most exciting of all, we've talked so much about softball. This is a massive, massive thing nationally for softball. The In the Circle podcast, the D1 softball podcast, they're like losing their minds this week. These are, you know, Victor Anderson, Eric Lopez, Rhiannon Potkey, Tara Henry, the people who cover this sport nationally. They are drooling at the possibility yeah. of a Louisiana JMU every annual series in well, it's a multi-bid league. Yeah. Yeah. Troy, Texas state, this South Alabama, this is like real legit. And I thought it was really interesting today that I don't know if you guys saw this JMU extended coach Morgan in field hockey. Yeah. Gave her an extension through 2026, which I thought was very cool. Cause I do think that like, they are probably one of the programs ODU field hockey plays in the big East. So they're going to end up in kind of a weird they probably feel a little left out in this excitement. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool that that is clearly a sign that JMU is planning to give her, you know, the leeway to make sure that program can adjust to whatever mm-hmm. is to come. Um, but off Laporte's extension in softball, and and Rob, we've heard offline a little bit that the softball potential was not, like, was not to be overlooked in the kind of, did ESP? How did ESPN? How much influence did they have in orchestrating these conference moves this summer? You know, like I, Oklahoma, I and Texas. Like there were yeah. there was more to this. Everything is driven by football, but I think at our level, there. I, I think that added to JMU's. You know, it's an indicator. The appeal. It's an indicator. Yeah, it's an indicator. They, they see I, the numbers spike in softball, and softball is a great sport. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest here; it's not football. You know, it doesn't move the needle nope. in football. Nope. But if you see how much JMU was able to boost ratings and how the much um, people jump through softball, if you're a television mm-hmm. executive, you're kind of drooling thing like, oh man, if they've got this much passion for what is an amazing sport, it is a growing sport, but it has not reached the pinnacle yet. 
you got to think, wow, you know, it, what are they going to do for their biggest sport? And they've seen the game day crowds and things like that. So, yeah, it's just it, it's indicative of what we all know that JMU supports JMU fans are fans of the entire athletic program in ways that are not normal or, or not seen in other schools. Yeah. You know, like people get really, really amped up and it's not just it, it, it's not fictitious. Like people are really passionate about Jamie softball. They're not just doing it because, oh, I went to that school. I'm going to tune in. They're doing it because they care. People are really passionate about JMU women's basketball, about lacrosse, about, you know, anything like it's, it's a really interesting fan base. Um, and it, if you're a television executive, you look at that as like, this could explode. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just to add on to that, Rob, you know, graduating 2014, you've kind of seen this crescendo building, you know, mm-hmm. from my time in undergrad through yeah. post-grad and now where we are, where if we had gone up in 2012, 2013, I don't think it would have been the same extent that it is, it is now mm-hmm. because of everything else that has happened. Okay. Um, would I love to have gone up earlier? Yes. I mean, there's, I, I would have loved to have maybe gone to Sunbelt and been where we are, like where, what App State is now. Um, but staying where we were, making these runs, the women's lacrosse championship, the softball runs, like, Mm-hmm. All these different things that have happened have led to this larger of, well, JMU's not just a football school. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we're not, it's not just football. It's everything else that comes along with it and the infrastructure upgrades and building out new arenas and everything yeah. else. Like it's all just happened and it's been like right in front of us, like the past yeah. like three or four years, like everything was happening right there. Yeah. yeah. There's well, no guarantee of success. It is going to be a challenge across the board, but JMU is so much more well positioned now than they were the first time the opportunity came about. And that's not arguable. Yeah. No. And, and, uh, and just on the softball front, I, one last thing on that, one thing that was really fun though, that those guys from in the circle were talking today about, or yesterday about the Sunbelt is arguably the third best league in the country. And yeah. inarguably a top five league in the country. Yeah. Like, the SEC is the clear number one. The Pac-12 yeah. is the clear number. Well, in some order, those two are the clear top two. Yeah. But after that, it gets really like the ACC is pretty good. Florida State was obviously in the championship, has been, you know, traditional power. Um, but it starts getting thin fast. Like Big the remaining some, Big some, 12, the yeah. Big 10, and the Sun Belt, they were talking today, like those three conferences, what's left of the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Sun Belt, are pretty comparable and there's strong arguments to be made that the Sun Belt is like the number four league. Yeah. In a in a sport that seems to be um, you know, on the precipice of massive growth, you know, and sustainable growth, right? I mean, more kids are playing this sport. One of the difficult things with football is less kids are playing this sport. Yeah. In in other parts of the country. One of the nice things about the Sun Belt for JMU football is they're going into a conference that where people are going to continue playing this sport and yeah. caring about the sport. So it, yeah, there's baseball too. It's potentially oh, a really good. Baseball awesome. league. Yeah. yeah. This is, I mean, coastal obviously won the whole damn thing, but ODU's got some history. ODU's ODU, Southern Miss is really good. Yeah. He's leaving too. you know, South Alabama. I think Troy, a bunch of these teams are pretty legit. Yeah. yeah this, this is going to be a fun. Um, App State has one of the most beautiful parks. I don't know if you've seen it. There's some aerial shots on Twitter where it's like hidden in the mountains all surrounding. It's just, 
I don't know. It's, that's actually the other thing is like there's really good road trip destinations. This is awesome. Thank you. Yes. You know, like I would oh. Boone is a I, I have not spent a lot of time or any time in that part of Carolina, but that is gorgeous. You yeah. know, that is great. When you talk about fishing, there's really good trout fishing back there. Yeah. Then you obviously have coastal, you know, you can do your golf weekend at the beach. Um Georgia State, you're in Atlanta. That's a great weekend town to go mm-hmm. down there. Like it's really it, Old Dominion, you've got a lot of alumni there. It's an easy trip. Like yep. this really has the makings of like some fun road trips in, in ways that like a little bit better than driving to Delaware for the piss wall. No, or, I'm <laughs> yeah, no, and even our even some of the farthest reaches, right? Texas State in yeah. San Marcos is for our Texas alums who have done such great things for all these Frisco trips. Yeah. You know, that it's a poor replacement for Frisco, but it's a it's, it's a regular it's a, thing on your calendar. Yeah. Right? I mean, women's basketball will be there every year. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty fun. Um, I, I did see the the basketball tournament, I think, is in uh, Pensacola for the next, until 2025 or something like that. Like, hmm. like yeah. that, that's not a terrible road trip in yeah. early March, <laughs> you know? And Marshall, I mean, it's not like Huntington is, oh. is some big shakes, but like, that's a passionate fan base. That's a fun road trip. And that's a three-hour trip over the mountain. Yeah. Like, that's a fun... Yes, that's. We well, started looking. These are the types of road trips that current students might be interested in taking. Where when we were there, I don't know yes. what it was like when you were there, Justin. Nobody was wasting a, a weekend outside of Harrisonburg. You're like, no way, I'm not giving this up. It was FOMO before FOMO yeah. was a thing. I'm not driving and, up to Villanova yeah. to go yeah. to like get kicked out of the tailgate. No, you know, like, but I'm but you, going to coastal. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going. You might to go to Huntington. Yeah, right. you know, like, yeah, that's pretty fun. But, I think one aspect too is that more of these schools that we're now aligning to probably the students will have friends that go to those schools yeah. more so. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially mm-hmm. like, again, from North, North Virginia area, mm-hmm. you know, through Virginia into like North Carolina, South Carolina, like those places, like, you know, this freshman at, you know, that's now there who has a friend that goes to app state, you know, they're more, more likely to make that trip to app state. Um, selfishly, I was sitting there looking at the map and like plotting out all the trips I'm going to do now because being in Charlotte's like the middle ground for every single of these teams. Like, this is amazing yeah. uh, for that same reason. But like, you know, it's, it just changes everything. Like I really, like, I'm not trying to get the broken record, but like having this and just like, it changes the dynamics for so many things now across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. And knowing you can go, like, I don't know if I'm like, like Statesboro is not high on my list of places to visit, but when I go to watch JMU at Georgia Southern, I know that people in town will care about the game, right? Yes. Like when, you know, like when I go, like Rob, we've been a bunch of places in the CAA. We've been mm-hmm. to Towson and nobody even knows that the game is going on once you get five miles outside of the stadium. Yeah. I, I mean, it might as well not exist. Yep. But if I go, if I show up in Statesboro on a Friday for the game the next day, everyone's going to be like, you know, some of them are going to be like, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of them are going to be like, hey, come over here, have a beer. You know, yeah. like that's that's really fun to think about going forward. All right, guys, we got two more here. All right. Should we let Pitts in um, unsol- uh, like uncensored here? <laughs> Todd and Rob, what up? Eric Pitzer here at Pitts2 on Twitter. Uh, shout out for trying this. I will try to keep this. Under 60 seconds, unless it get cut off anyways, which even better. Uh, <laughs> absolutely pumped about this move to the Sun Belt. I think it's 
the mythical East Coast Conference we've all been dreaming of for over a decade. Uh, I think the biggest reasoning, we were just talking about this with some friends today, was it's time for the new challenge. I think most of my best, my favorite JMU football memories are from the 2000s when we had all these program-defining wins against, you know, against App State, against, you know, the Scotty kick return, obviously the 2004 National Championship. So I think we are definitely due for this. I am very excited to see what happens uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming years. Go Dukes. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we started the show with. I, I think even Sarah said that at the beginning, and she's probably been one of the more, you know, uh, level-headed fans about moving up over the years but you know her point was we've we've done this like and you know rob and i got into it justin this week with some friends of ours um who just love the playoffs and they love frisco yeah. but they haven't been to the playoffs in a long yeah. time like people with children in december don't go to playoff games. you don't go to playoff games yeah. i've been to some playoff games in the last couple of years because i've been you know like miserable divorce guy, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like at times. Right. And, yeah. and, and then again, the last couple of years, because I've been happy, but don't have a lot of other commitments guy who spends a lot of time near Harrisonburg. But those games, I mean, I was at that Northern Iowa game a couple of years ago and there were not a lot of us there. It was pouring down rain in 36 degrees in like the week before Christmas. And I don't want to hear from these people who claim that the playoffs are so great that they, well, that's what's so funny. <laughs> like, People are yeah. like, oh, why would you want to go? The bowl games are so poorly attended. I'm like, have you zoomed back from the ESPN broadcast of the playoffs to realize that there's <laughs> 6,000 people in Bridgeforth? Like it's – I like the playoffs, but it's not an attendance draw. No. Uh, it's, it's, Frisco is one it. thing. We've done yeah. it. And like how many times can we play – you know, look, we've had fun with Weaver. But we're just like the only people who care about that game – are hardcore JMU and Weber State yes. fans, right? And nobody else in the world cares about that game. And I'm not saying that necessarily matters, but people got watching that App Coastal game last week. That was fun. Like there were people watching that game on Thursday mm-hmm. night because Coastal was ranked 15th in the country and they have a really fun offense. And suddenly they were getting beat up because they had to go up the mountain to freaking Boone. Yep. You know, and like get handled by a bunch of idiots you know like and and i look forward to being one of those idiots you know in the valley like i look forward to welcoming those people to jmu i i really look forward it's been a while right montana in 08 in the playoffs when we lost some of those app games liberty i can't believe i'm saying this but liberty the playoff games it's been a while though since we've had a road crowd show up at bridgeforth and really be a factor right I'm looking forward to that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, it makes it more all, fun. It definitely does. And I think we've pretty much done all we can do. I mean, how many trips to Frisco are going to make us happy? You know, like I wish, I hope we get one more this year yeah. and I sure hope it's against NDSU. But like, besides that, it's hard for me. You know, Rob, we've talked about over the years. I mean, Maybe a trip to one of the Montana schools is the one thing we will have missed. But that's the only like it's we we sort of scratch our heads about like what other one double A schools we'd like to yeah. have a road trip to. You and know, a constant theme for the past couple of years, Todd, has been like, how can we change the mindset 
So every JMU football game isn't a referendum on readiness for Frisco. Like, mm-hmm. how can we just enjoy it for for being a game? And I don't think there's a way to do that in FCS. I really don't. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I wish there was a better – or there was a better attitude I had. Or, But it had run its course. Everything was just about can they actually oh, – Todd is breaking out the proud and true lager as you speak. Um, yeah, just and I think it's time to turn the page. It's time to get out of that like, hey, let's just think about everything peaking for January and can we enjoy a Saturday afternoon in the Berg or Saturday afternoon in Myrtle. And I'm excited about it. And I don't know. I mean, Rob, just to wrap this playoff point up, I, I just, it frustrates me because everyone talks about like, Oh, I missed the playoffs or those were so great, but nobody went, nobody goes. And everybody talks about, well, this bowl game, that's going to be crappy. The whatever game in Shreveport or the Bahamas or Boca, whatever that nobody cares about fine, but at least you can plan for it with three yeah. or four weeks notice. And the one thing I know I can plan for is October 6th at um, South Alabama in Mobile. We're going to go down and have a weekend in Biloxi on the gambling boat or something Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, like I know I can plan for that and that's going to be fun. So anyways, we'll Well, see. One final point and then we can move on. But like the newness factor, there is kind of the general migration patterns in the United States where more people are growing up. People like you, Justin, like deciding to move down from Northern Virginia, go South. Um, But most of us up until this point probably came from families that had a lot of Northeastern on up. So, you know, people are familiar with Mm -hmm. Hofstra or Villanova, whatever. It's an opportunity to kind of explore new places that a lot of us haven't been, Mm -hmm. you know, and and there's a lot of fun in that, like going down and visiting Louisiana or, you know, there's a lot of people in the Jamie fan base who've probably never been to Atlanta, go to a Georgia State game, or it's like, it's cool. It's something different versus like going to Villanova. For a lot of people, that's like, oh, that's where I went to visit my grandparents every Christmas or, <laughs> you know, Hofstra, Northeastern, like, oh, great. You know, Boston's a great town, but that's where my aunt and uncle live. It's a little bit different. And I think that's the newness factor can't be, can't be overlooked. Yeah. You guys got anything else from the Delaware game? The Dukes won. Let's all calm down. They yeah. won 22 to 10, right? Anything else? I don't have anything else from Delaware. Um, Justin, what, what are you looking forward to this week? So Elon is coming to JMU. We thought this was going to be the start of the easy part of the schedule, but we talked about before we got on tonight that Elon's actually kind of good. Kind maybe of good. good. They're kind of good. Yeah, maybe like legitimately yeah. good. There are not many teams left in the CAA. I looked at the standings. Actually, let's pull those up. There aren't many teams that are left that are good. <laughs> like in the sense that, you know, they're all Villanova, JMU are obviously at the top of the conference. William and Mary's three and one, but three and one, five and two. We still have them coming up. Elon is three and one, four and three. Still have them this weekend. Rhodey is three and two, five and two, but they've lost two in a row. And we'll see. We don't play them. Uh, and then it drops. Everybody after that is under 500. New Hampshire, three and four. Towson, three and four. You know, so this is really kind of the end of it. Like Elon and William and Mary. I mean, Elon, William and Mary, Towson. Oh, Campbell for homecoming. But, you know, this is probably the toughest game remaining and maybe, you know, arguably harder than the last couple. But it's going to be awful nice to be home on Halloween. I know it's Halloween. I know it's the Super Bowl of parenting, and I'm a little nervous about the crowd, but it is time to celebrate the Sun Belt before homecoming. I think yeah. probably a lot of people saving up for homecoming the following week. 
Um, anything you guys in particular are looking forward to this week against Elon? I think the easy answer is the offense and like seeing the offense improve. I think the one thing I'm actually looking forward to is how does the pass defense do against Davis Cheek? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've been spoiled in a couple of games where it's been a backup or a young quarterback kind of feeling his way through. Davis Cheek's been there. I think this is his sixth year now mm-hmm. uh, or his fifth or sixth year. I think it's, I think it's still fifth with the whole COVID year, but like he's got an arm, he's got talent. He can throw the ball. We've had some times where we've been exposed he beat JMU. The secondary. Yeah. I, I, I was at the Thousand Stadium for that game. I remember yeah. very well. Oh. Um, you know, Justin, I, can I we get a ruling here? Is, is he entering the Andre Seminoff territory? Yeah. Like, been in the CAA forever? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right? I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's been there. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, he was, 2017 was his first year, I think, if I remember right. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think seeing how that goes, I think the secondary looked a lot better last week. Um, but you want to see it, you know, over a consistent few weeks. Um, you know, I think that's, that's gonna be the big thing for me. Uh, I, I have no concerns about stopping the run. I think we've, we've proven that, uh, when we're playing our game, but I think just the, the secondary is the thing that it reminds me a lot of 2016, in a lot of ways, uh, that yeah, same mentality. Yeah. yeah. Rob's been talking yeah. about that a couple of times this year. Just yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that's a great point. Cause it's like 2016, we all look at the peak, but we don't look at, you know, the climb to get there. And they really had to overcome some things and learn how to play kind of, you know, assignment football on defense. And it all came together under Bob Trott, but it was not an easy situation. You know, it took them a while. And um, defensively, we're seeing that happen. Offensively, maybe we need that same sort of improvement. Maybe we need to be a little more patient as fans and realize it's not going to be, you know, a wire-to-wire victory for this team. It's not going to be like, oh, you open up and it's just fireworks the entire time. Can they can they learn? Can they improve a little bit? Can they do things, you know, marginally better every week? So that's what I'm looking for. Can they just that take New a Hampshire step- game? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that New Hampshire game took about three years off my life watching yeah. that. Like that exactly. second half of that game. <laughs> yeah, where they just you know they let the lead almost slip yeah. away. Um, right. But I got to think like, can they do something this week? Can you make adjustments week to week to realize like this team probably isn't going to have a power inside running game. What can we do to just make it a little bit – we don't need it to be like crazy explosive, but how can we make it a little more effective and maybe start punching these in for scores uh, rather than just settling for field goals? Yeah. So can I – the last thing on this one, looking ahead, I'm going to say this very quietly. Do you think there's an Atkins package at some point? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. to say that out loud? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, the only reason I ask, and I don't, this isn't actually a knock on Cole or a call for any kind of look at that. It's not. It's just we saw last year, well, whenever the last real year was, pre-COVID, right? At the end of the year, they did have a gauge package that sort of came up in the playoffs and that they used heavily in the national championship game. Yeah. Um, and to the extent there's... It was funny because I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see what this week holds against Elon because I do feel like this is really an important game. And I do feel like this is probably the biggest challenge left on the schedule. No offense to William & Mary. It's just – and I wonder if they're going to – you know, Cole pulled that ball on the RPO and scored the touchdown untouched this week, which kind of changed the narrative of the way I was thinking about the game at that point. Yeah. Because I'd been thinking for a couple of weeks, one of the problems with this offense right now is – and Signetti had mentioned it in his pressers, is nobody was respecting the quarterback run threat 
on the RPO. So the passes were working a little bit, but it was if those were the only two options. The options was hand it to the running back or the throw pass. the pass. Yeah. Right? There was no third option. And I, I don't know. I just I wonder quietly. We saw Signetti, he praised Atkins a lot last week in the press conference. And we kind of joked with Coach O'Regan from women's basketball about like Maybe some of this is recruiting in season, which you have to do now with the transfer, the lack yeah. of transfer rules. But I also wonder if there isn't a little more coming. So anyways, maybe I'm not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see. All right, guys, we got one more. Then we can get to the end here. Let's see. Ah, it's our buddy Bennett from JMU Sports News. All right. A rising tide floats all boats. All right. Rob, Todd, it's Bennett Conlon here. Uh, I'm really going to miss Satchmo, uh, the, the weird <laughs> Richmond super fan. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him dearly, even though I didn't really know he existed um, for much of my time at JMU. But I'm going to miss that guy and his weird video things that I guess he hasn't even done in a while anyway, which is probably why Jeff Bourne realized it was time to leave. When Satchmo hangs up, you know, hangs up the videos, I think it's time to move on. So that makes sense. But I am really excited about some of the new road opponents and conference opponents. I never got to experience the JMU Appalachian State rivalry. Excited for that. I did not expect to spend so much of my weekend looking at images of Boone, North Carolina. But that's kind of how part of my weekend went. And it looks pretty darn cool. So really excited to get out there and actually experience some really enjoyable road trips in the future. That was brilliant. Thank you, Bennett. Um, yes. We could Thank not you. Congrats have... on the new gig, by the way. Yes. We, yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, we could not have com- um, come to the end of this any better than talking about Satchmo. I hope Satchmo is okay. I assume we'll get an update from Mr. Price sooner or later here. Um, but, yes, there. that's what we said, Rob. We will miss some of our buddies. I, I can't believe that we had Satchmo on the pod. When was <laughs> Three years ago, we, we, Satch- we interviewed Satchmo. We did. That's incredible. Oh, spatters. Yeah. I know. And I don't know. And this is going to be the, the worst part of this whole thing for all of us is going to be next year. The limbo year. The limbo. Yeah, I don't know what the rules are, but obviously JMU has like eight billion people on scholarship now because of COVID, and they're not going to like reduce them. I, I don't know. I, I just I think there may be a limbo year. And that might suck. Yeah, and I don't expect the CA to be too generous with how they treat JMU. Sure. No, so. I mean we're we're a little hopeful. As much as we've made fun of Joey D, um, there are some. There's a lot of people more in the know than we are that think that the CAA is in a little bit different posture than it was ten years ago when Old Dominion and George Mason and folks left, and the CAA took a very adversarial position towards those members that were leaving. And now they're a little more like, eh, let's just kind of get along to get, you know, till it's over. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I'll believe we'll see. see it. Yeah. It remains to be seen. I, I hope for lacrosse and field hockey sake, that is the case because those kids didn't do anything. <laughs> They're not responsible for this decision in any way. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but yes, we will miss RCA brethren. We will miss William and Mary. Most of all, um, our, our friends over at the sports blog, uh, and, and Rob, you put, I don't know if you, somebody put this up this week. I'm going to follow the CAA. Yeah, I'll, I was kind of surprised how lopsided that was. For William and Mary to get a bid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, one bid for William and Mary Tribe, please, at some point. Right? Yeah. They got to yeah. get back up there. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, and we didn't even talk about this from a basketball standpoint. I, I think it'll be one of the more interesting people in this whole dynamic will be Mark Byington, uh, mm-hmm. who left who left the, the Sun Belt to go to JMU and now is going back to the Sun Belt yeah. uh, with men's basketball. Uh, I think it's safe to say that men's basketball is no better or no worse. They are mostly pretty much the same moving from one conference to the other. Uh, I think women's basketball pretty also pretty similar. I mean, pretty same. yeah, both one bid leagues, one bid league. I think there's some potential for the Sun Belt to become a two bid league. You know, I think old dominion and old dominion. I mean, as much as we like to give them a hard time there, you know, huge they got a basketball history. Yeah. yeah huge tradition. And, and obviously a dominant recruiting area. They, they, they can pull this together. And Marshall's been pretty good uh, mm-hmm. recently. So, yeah. and, and I, I, Oh, one lap. I mean, just so anybody, just to be clear, it looks like uh, I think Arkansas, Little Rock, and is it UT Arlington or UT Dallas or something? They've Arlington. had some, yeah. yeah, Arlington. They've had uh, the Sun Belt has had two affiliate members for basketball, but they are being shown the door apparently in favor of um, the four teams that are coming in. So hmm. it will be kind of nice. It, I mean, best thing about this whole thing: fourteen public institutions who play all sports that the conference offers. So when it comes down to vote on whether it's television rights or, you know, scheduling decisions or, uh, you know, NCAA tournament shares, all of those schools will share the same political considerations. They'll share the same budget constraints. They'll share the same general philosophies on like higher education. Uh, You know, it it will be weird that JMU will be the, we, we will go from, having a conference with William and Mary in Northeastern to being the, the flagship academic, the academic yeah. in this conference. Uh, that will be unusual, but I, I guess I'm sure, I'm sure that our fan base is capable of holding our nose in the air enough to uh, remind everyone of that. About so, anything. Yes. Right, right. Yes. So Justin, I have no idea what's going on in all of the games we're watching in the background, but yeah, I know the caps were winning by a lot tonight. It's uh, five yeah. now. I think. <laughs> Oh, well, that's not good. Got the, I got the Hornets Hornets and Celtics on here right now. Okay. So. I just got the flash flood watch. That's what I was paying attention to. Uh, so. Wiz are playing the Nets. Not uh, missing Brad Beal. So, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, haven't tuned to the football game at all. Anyways, guys, I, I don't have anything left. Do you? I mean, this is pretty fun. No. I hope we're enjoying this enough. We may have to figure out a way to celebrate this more. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm the only one here. It'll be official. It'll be official in a few weeks, and then we can we can move on from there. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be official in possibly not next week, but the week after, so homecoming week, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you and I will be doing a special Halloween edition this Sunday, I think. Yeah. Probably yeah, very short I, and impromptu, right? Yes, very um, short. <laughs> this Sunday, uh, Rob will be post-parent Super Bowl. And then, and I got a 6 a.m. flight Monday morning, so we'll make that one a quick one. Uh, yeah, well, there's enough. You'll have a whole bag of take fives or whatever for you yeah. on the way out the door. Yeah, I'll, be on a, I'll be in a sugar rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next week will be homecoming. And, mm-hmm. oh, man, I hope the Dukes – I was impressed this weekend with them. You know, they didn't play great on offense, but they weren't distracted. This wasn't – like as you said, Rob, this was not Colgate – no. After the Houston press conference. 
Yeah. Um, you know, this was not a disaster. And they I'm had hoping a trap they're game written all focused. over it, and they got out of there with a win. Yeah, so. and now they're coming home. Mm-hmm. I just, like Justin said, I, I'm kind of, you guys are, I think they're really close to, I think they're a lot closer than people realize for as, like, frustrated as we've all been for the last three or four weeks with certain functions. That defensive performance this week makes you feel like, we'll figure it out sooner or later on offense. You know, so... Yeah, it's fixable. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've got another couple games in the regular season to fix it. And then you go from there, see where you end up seeding wise and playoffs. And then it's kind of uh, just similar to last year. You know, last year they didn't really peak until probably second or third round of the playoffs. And Justin, thank you so much, my friend. It's been incredible. Uh, the, the last, what is it? It's been 13, 14, 12, 13 years since we first interacted. Kind of on 12. Yeah, up on twelve years. Threw a comment yeah. up on the blog, you know. Like, I, I think it had to do with I think it had to do with FBS moving to FBS too. Like that's like course. the irony of this whole thing. Yeah, like, of course. Thinking yeah. back on it all, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's been it's been absolutely crazy. And I, I seriously thank you all. Uh, this was it's great to just kind of talk JMU. Uh, oh. It's been a bit of a different year for me, obviously, with everything going on with us. So. Uh, you know, making the one game we could and, and, and all the other things going on. It's uh, It's been just exciting to kind of still watch and still connect as much as I can with you all. It, it makes things a lot more, uh, a lot of fun, uh, even when I'm still, you know, five plus hours away on a good day. So, Well, congratulations <laughs> to all the partlows. Good luck at the uh, challenging couple of months ahead of you. Um, thank you. Thank we'll you. be looking forward to updates and uh, really excited. <laughs> and thank you to everybody tonight. I mean, what – this is really fun, Rob. We finally figured out something. Maybe we figured out something. We'll see how it sounds in the morning. Um, but yeah, we might have figured out at least halfway to maybe someday streaming this and having a whole screen of people enjoying themselves. Uh, but thank you to Sarah and Eric and Ben and all of our friends that contributed tonight. We can't wait to celebrate with you in person sooner or later. Yeah, I don't know. As everybody, <laughs> Rob, of course, everybody we know is getting COVID now. Um, or at least having their kids sent home from school and not being able to go to work. Yeah. So uh, anyways, yeah, (laughs) it just never ends. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Enjoy your Halloween responsibly, everyone. That's what Mm -hmm. I would say. Yes. All right. I'll talk to you guys, Rob. I will talk to you next week. Justin, I know I will talk to you on Saturday during the game. Um, I'm I'm going to finally be there. So I might, it may, it may, you maybe get some late night from me after the, uh, at the Bryce trunk or treat. Yeah. Come to Bryce (laughs) for the holidays. Uh, uh, That's another story. That's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I'm sure I will talk to both of you on Saturday, if not before. Thanks y'all. Have a good week, everybody. Awesome. All right. Go Dukes. Thanks. Been far too long, I've been licking my pride Out on the town, chasing a big velvet light But last night I dreamed, I trained through the fog To take me back south, where I belong From the cold, cutting my bones is the cold we wonder why I left home. I think it's time that I, I think.
For the winner.